from Planet Love Trump. But he speaks so well. With your host, Mr. Kinetic. Alright y'all, welcome back to Buddy Speak So Well, this is Mr. Kinetic, K-I-N-E-T-I-K, make sure you follow me on all social media platforms, at Mr. Kinetic, best way to keep up with me, it's probably Twitter, every now and then I'll put something on Instagram, I like to use Snapchat to act a fool, um, but uh, anyway, you can also check out MrKinetic.com, I've had my own website since, uh, I think 2009 shout out to my homie uh cool hand lex cool hand lex was one of the it's one of my buddies he's a dj and a producer he also produces uh music under the name bangs nicely bangs nicely b-a-n-g-s-n-i-c-e-l-y so amazing amazing musician amazing brother amazing young man you know uh somebody i look up to really my mentor, you know, I guess an assumed mentor in some ways. I remember I used to go out to parties where where I knew Lex was going to be rocking. I used to, you know, pay attention to what he was doing on the on on the ones and twos, and then he would post mixes on SoundCloud. You know, I used to play those in my classroom um, because they're you know they were clean or whatever, but they was you know it's just real chill, um, a lot of good production all put together and some of his own original production spliced in there too so Alex is my guy one of the DJs at, at our wedding like that's my dude so he I remember talking to him a long time ago about uh, this ain't even really what I plan on getting on here and talking about but anyway he he was he used to tell me no nah, I remember I asked him he had his own website I was like so what's that I'm like how does that work you know like what would you do to get that you know because this is before this is before I was really on Twitter real heavy or uh, I don't even know if Instagram existed yet. I can't remember when none of that stuff started, but I remember when I got my website and I remember being like that way I could control all my content and have an original, like an originating point for it. So there's stuff that's there from, you know, I guess across two decades now. But uh, it's kind of crazy to think about really. Um Yeah. Man, I love that beat. I'm gonna turn it down a little bit. Anyway, so I remember, you know, Lexus who put me up on getting my own website. Um, so that's MrKinetic.com, K-I-N-E-T-I-K.com. All right, I want to give a special shout out to my homeboy Tyler Bender. Um, I was talking to Tyler last week about <laughs> about the podcast or whatever, about how like making one. And doing that And like I told him I was like man really the thing is I have an episode that's completely recorded I just went back and listened to it And I was like man I don't know if I want to Put that out And he was like dude you just gotta He's like just don't listen to it <laughs> He's like you should just Record it and then put it out So you don't like start to critique Your work or whatever Just you know and just roll with it and see how it goes. So I'm going to do that with this. I'm going to try to listen to this as little as possible. Um, you know, because I still have to EQ some things. Make sure the mix is, the mix is okay. But I'm going to try to not listen to it. And I'm just going to go with it. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I apologize in advance for anything that I say. It's like, what? Is he? What? 
Uh, so we'll see. But anyway, thanks, Tyler. I appreciate that. Um, I needed that. Anywho, man, so check it out. That kind of is like what I'm on right now. Um, and, and my other brother, Jason Wright, formerly known as Alpha Live. Uh, ATFU is the vibe in the crew. You can look him up. Jason Wright. That's my brother, man. Woo! Out in L.A. right now. Representing Naptown, always. On Star, just riding around in my city, bro. I love you, man. But anyway, so he's in, he's like my everything that y'all ever hear from me nowadays. Jason always hears it before everybody else, and Jason always is. Jason is the one I play stuff for him. Like, y'all, I need I need you to tell me something. And me and Jason sitting on some music right now that's ridiculous. And maybe I'll you know what I might play it coming out of this next record. I'm sorry, Jason. I might have to. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Anyway, so, like, I always would play him stuff. And he was he's always on me about just not really critiquing what I'm creating too much. And just being like, yeah, you just got to trust the instinct and record stuff. And you got to put that stuff out. That's really the biggest thing. Jason is constantly pushing me to push. Like, you got to put that music out, man. And, I, you know, I'm. It's something I've always kind of had a struggle with. I mean, there's a lot of music that's never been put out. Um, either beats or covers of songs or original records or, you know, mixes. And I just have a lot of stuff recorded. Um, I mean, I've really been working on stuff consistently since 2004. So originally it was just kind of something to do. When I was in the group with my buddy uh, Dola and Jeff James the Ghost, we were in a group called Run Em Out when I was at Butler University. So that was like 2004 to like 2007, 2008. I don't know. Like, I think the last record we made was in like 2008, something like that. Bounce Right is the name of that record. We recorded that in my in my room at my apartment downtown in indianapolis with with uh when i was living with eric romer that's my guy romer um but anyway so there's all that music and jason's always like i met jason through romer so i went to ended up going to a show jason was uh performing and the homeboy dj metronome was his dj for the show it was a cool kid show at the vogue in 2008 and like may and that was when I first, you know, saw Jason live. I'm like, this guy, oh, this guy is nice. So end up, you know, end up no, meeting Jason, connecting with Jason. That's how I met the homeboys at Dope, Dope Couture. So that's how I met all those guys. And then DJ Phenom, that's how I met. What's up, man? Y'all check my man out. DJ P-H-N-M, that's my guy. It's in Chicago, man. He's a beautiful brother. Amazing DJ. That's the homie from way back. Played a show at the Bishop with me, Russ, Jason, and Tony Sticks, and M2 back in like 2010. January of like 2010, we rode down there and played a show. But what's up, Phenom? Anyway, so I met Jason, and then I'm in, eventually with me, Russ, Rusty Redenbacher uh, from the Mud Kids, and then from ATFU, Lazarus, Birdman, and Alcatraz, so on and so forth. Rock J, whatever. So, anyway, so that's how I'm, this, like, my link. 
But my link to all of Indianapolis hip hop is really through Romer. And then it goes from there. That's my brother as well. It's one of my groomsmen. That's my guy. He's out in LA as well. Beautiful people. I love all these people. Um, these are my brothers, man. They could, they're like, I know if something never happened to me, they would take, they would help take care of my son. Um, help take care of my family. I know these, these are my brothers. They would, they would check on anything regardless. So, um, anyway, Jason is always on me about putting music out. So you just got to put that music out, man. You got to put it out. So there's a lot of music I'm trying to get out. Um, part of the podcast. I always try to make sure I play something new on here just because I want to put that stuff out there as, as much as I think I can get it, you know, when I feel like it's, I'm ready to do that. So just working on that. But part of that just comes from not critiquing the work. I feel like people that create a lot of things will, will, will hear this and relate to it and be like, yeah, that's I know I'm not by myself in that. I know everybody is working on stuff all the time and there's stuff that some people will never see. And we all probably wonder like, maybe I should, maybe maybe it's cool to let people hear that or see that or experience that or whatever your medium is. But yeah, it's tough sometimes. Um, it's uh, It's hard to get out of my own way sometimes with that kind of stuff. But it is what it is. Um, it's a work in progress. So I'm going to try to play some stuff here in a second. Yeah. Riding out, cruising is the ritual. Homies out here on the scene and we moving cool. It's a rule that you keep your pivot when you're leaning. They'll try to knock you off your spot if you don't prepare. Fresh air in my lungs, got the windows down Feeling all the life working in this crazy world Still find some beauty present, left handing through the pops Holes and obstacles, got the brother dodging out here looking just to stay alive Now follow as we ride, recognize we don't die We just multiply and expand, uh. And you know we gon' jam, bruh, uh. Who you with, yeah ATFU, all the funk unleashed when I get on who you with, yeah ATFU, all the funk unleashed When I get on, I'm gone I'm steady riding, steady rolling My brother steady riding, steady rolling My sister steady riding, steady rolling My brother steady riding, steady rolling My sister steady riding, steady rolling My brother steady riding, steady rolling My sister steady riding, steady rolling My brother steady riding, steady rolling Home of the 500 Brickyard, baby Circle City love ended But it's forever gonna be in AP Push down 38th Street Lights glowing in the whip And the sounds jumping Just observing, trying to find a balance, really Looking for the better way in all aspects Perplexed by the tones and the colors You hear the sub jumping, got your toe tapping That funk, brother, yes, dig it Gots to get it, you know the rest Fresher than the crest I used to brush my teeth with Not the Sith, but intentional as such Glow like Bruce Leroy Still formless on the other side of time Just living, still riding, still rolling Brothers, sisters My brothers and sisters I'm just living, still riding, steady rolling Still riding, steady rolling Steady riding, steady rolling Still riding, steady riding, steady rolling Still riding, steady riding, steady rolling Still right, I'm steady riding, steady rolling. 
rolling. Still riding, steady rolling. Yes. ATF, you was the vibe and the crew, my brother, my sister. ATF, you was the vibe and the crew, my sister, my brother. Yeah, this is Mr. Kinetic, and that was Still Riding. That's a, a newer cut right there. Um, but yeah, welcome back to Buddy Speak So Well. So, hope y'all enjoyed that. Anyway, so, you know, man, all right. So, you know, if, if you just are even remotely cognizant at all right now then you are certainly aware of the goings on of the, you know I'm trying to think of I just don't even like to say that dude's name man But uh, Trump and all his these budgets and his cabinet, you know, and his this this quote unquote Southern White House nonsense and all this just Lord have mercy. Like I just it's something, boy. I tell you, but uh. The killer part about a lot of it to me is this this blatant disregard and and lack of respect for knowledge and information. And along with that, what is seemingly a lack of compassion and empathy. And so these policies and these discussions that are these so-called things that, you know, these plans because a lot of the stuff that is discussed in the sound raggedy to me as a plan, some of it ain't even been implemented. It's just, you know, a plan. And so when you even think like, man, we did, we ain't, you, when something, when you look at something and you like, dang, the plan don't even seem like it's like, you know, you, I don't know, man, I don't know how many, how many people listening are like ever involved in budget discussions and, you know, things about, you know, when you're talking about how to make things work, there's a lot of planning that goes into all of that. And it's very important because, you know, the budget and, you know, your finances and what's available is kind of the lifeblood of, of what you will be able to do in a capitalistic society at the very least. So you're, you have to be mindful of those things. You know, the, you know, you got to be thinking about the money. But when you're... It's a little different, though, when when you're you're giving money to services and, and things that are that benefit, you know, large, large groups of people um, who are on the on the the rough end of on the losing end of capitalism, people who don't have, you know, people who are struggling, people who are, you know, you know, just ain't got it. 
And see, the thing with it for me is to keep it all the way real. You know, I don't know what I don't know about everybody else, but you know, I'm like an accident and a job loss away. You know, I I, I feel like I feel like anybody. I mean, maybe some people that ain't their problem, but I I feel like it, you know how do you how can you say how can you ever say that like you're not you don't think that could happen to you like you don't think you could be in that spot. You know, that's crazy to think like that. The the reality of life is that it could, like, you could always be in a worse situation. So what I what that makes me think about a lot of times is that, you know, it's, it's still important. That's part of what drives me to believe that it's important that we don't just value, we don't just pay attention to what will directly and closely affect us, but that we pay attention to what could affect those around us as well, because... The reality of it is that we're not, you know, this this whole idea that you could, you know, I don't need to worry about life like that. That ain't that ain't how my life goes. So I ain't really got to worry about it or, um, you know, I don't live like that. So, you know, I, I don't need that. I don't I don't need I don't need money from the government or I don't I don't need those programs or, you know, my kids are going to be all right. They're going to I pay for my kids to go to school or whatever. All these different things that you could, you know kind of thumb your nose at um, and, and say, oh, well, it don't really matter. It's crazy to live like that because you, that's a lie. You know what I'm saying? You, you just never know. It could be, at least that's what I believe. I believe that I'm not, I think I'm like insulated from hard times or something like that. And so when you look at like these changes, I was looking for the changes in the budget while I was talking to y'all on the internet. The interwebs. Shout out to Travis Peoples. That's my guy. Um, it's the homie. So, talking about like, I mean, I guess if I'm reading this correctly, I'm looking at like an overview of the changes in the budget. And so, talking about raising that defense budget, but, uh, cutting all kind of all kinds of stuff that's just important committees and commissions and the endowment for the arts and the endowment for the humanities and the neighborhood reinvestment corporation I don't, I'm not even 100% sure what that is that's, it just sound important but the corporation for public broadcasting that's PBS man you know talking about getting rid of all that stuff and you know, so we can raise the defense budget and uh, more art, less war, my brother. More art, less war forever. You feel me? That's really what I'm on. More art, less war forever. So I have a hard time supporting anything that's going towards the creation of more death and destruction. Um, I want to go the opposite, the opposite direction of that. I don't want to be in situations where we have to continue to deploy, you know, people into combat and, you know, they sustain injuries and post-traumatic stress, you know, issues and disorders and just problems, you know, and then have to come home and reintegrate into society and, and not have adequate care sometimes for, for their, you know, their issues and 
that's what war leads to. War involves people. So I feel like if you ever know, if you know anybody that's been deployed, been in combat before, then you know that. You know, you know, why you respect people's valor and courage and strength, you know, to go and do those things and humility to be able to serve in that manner. We, we are still aware that these are our brothers and our sisters and aunts, uncles, cousins, friends, daughters, mothers, you know, fathers, husbands, wives, you know, all of that. You know, that's so. I just don't understand. I mean, you know, putting a lot of putting a lot of stress on people who already don't have. To be able to accomplish the goals, uh, uh, these perceived goals, you know, just. It's just really, that's really bad. It's just not a really good thing to do. That's a terrible way to be. Um, we are all, I, I truly believe we are all in debt to each other, that we care for one another in a way that we would want to be cared for in a positive way, in a productive way, in a peaceful way. I like, I just don't understand how people are like, yeah, I'm cool with that. <laughs> You know, I'm cool with, no, it's not my fault that they're poor. It's not my fault that they're sick. You know, I don't feel like I should have to help them. I don't know how people are like that. That's absurd to me. Um, but there are people that are like that. Plenty of people that are like that. I don't get it, though. Um, I just am very much aware of the fact that I don't believe that I'm all that far from my neighbors in that way. So I would still want the best for people. And if we can do something and it's, you know, if we can, if we can all come together to do things for other people, I think we all win with that. That's the point. When, when our people, when, when we can, when we can see our people win, we win too. It's simultaneous. Everybody wins, you know, when we all working on the same on the same groove on the one but that's what it's like right now you know got Ben Carson up here talking about you know making it sound like slaves was immigrants and like enslaved Africans brought from in the middle passage were immigrants of some sort I mean got that comment you got Betsy DeVos the Secretary of Education out here saying that historically black colleges and universities were are like good examples of school choice. Like, I guess like segregation and the lack of schools that would allow black people in them was a like created a situation where we had a choice to make. I mean, we didn't, that was, that was it. That was like, it wasn't like we were saying, well, we could do this. There was no option. It was either build your own or you would have none. And that's the Secretary of Education that said that. Since I last recorded an episode, I'm trying to think of stuff that's happened. I think it's Tillerson, the Secretary of State or whatever is, you know, now we're talking about we can't have diplomatic relations with North Korea. And like... Why can't we? 
Like, we're really not trying to, I'm not trying to have no wars, man, with nobody. It'd be nice to have a, a part in my life where that wasn't, you know, part of the daily consciousness that there was a war going on somewhere. But, you know, the attorney general is a racist. Sessions. Um, you know, I, I still... I'm not surprised that none of these things are as raggedy as they are, but it's still ridiculous. So you take that how you want to take that, I guess. I just am trying to be on the side of like looking at what's the right thing to do for my neighbors. If we can accept people from other countries in times of trouble and try, you know, and we can, and we have processes in place to ensure that, you know, is safe and, you know, and then we should do that from whatever country they come from and whatever religion they practice. I mean, I, you know, I believe in that. I know people that are, I work with some kids that are refugee children from a variety of countries. So, in Africa and in Asia, in the Middle East, you know. I know those, I know, I know a couple of those kids, so why would we, I mean, I just can't imagine being like, nah, I don't want them around. I don't want them here. That's crazy. They're amazing. The, the children that I know, they're amazing young people and they are rays of light when I see them. And they're great. They have amazing stories of resilience and and how love in a in a family and maintaining hope and, and being smart and, you know, courageous, how that they are living examples of that to survive those situations. I mean, there's so much we can learn from people who, people who have gone through things we have no idea what would, what that would be like. We don't know about the experience. I mean, we just are better when we listen to each other. You know what I mean? So I'm all for, you know, love everybody, you know, and respect everybody. Um, well, there's, there's, there's some varying levels of respect for sure, but um, like I don't respect all this foolishness that's going on out of this, this administration or whatever. Oh, and the dude Spicer, the, I don't even really know what his job is. I guess he's, he's the, the PR guy. He's a mess, too. It's the alternative. Was it the dude that said it was the fake news, the alternative facts or whatever? Yeah, crazy. And the Conway lady, I'm not really sure. I think she's like a, I don't know. I'm not really sure what none of these people do. They just be on TV running their mouth, on the Internet running their mouth, saying stuff that don't make no sense, that's harmful. So it don't really matter what their job title is. It's just the impact of what they're doing is more important than anything else. All this foolishness that's going on. But we gonna rise though. For show, for show. Don't, you know. That one's for my Uncle Larry. For show, for show. Shout out to my whole family listening. Yeah. That's my Gary, Indiana, Alabama family. But anywho, man, we gonna play some music. Then we're gonna come back. Got a couple more things to talk about.
This is Buddy Speak So Well. What's up? This is uh, Mr. Kinetic. Welcome back to Buddy Speak So Well. That last cut was by Funkadelic. That's called Funky Dollar Bill. Eddie Hazel on lead guitar on that. Bernie Morrell, the great Bernie, on keys. I think that's a tack piano that he's playing. It's amazing. 1971. Rest in peace to both of those brothers. And uh, that's probably one of my favorite P-Funk records, but... Um, I love how if you really pay attention to P-Funk records, there's a whole lot more going on than just the funk. On a lot of records, you listen to the words on a lot of records, and you're like, you know, they were spitting some 
They were spitting. They was trying. They was trying to tell you about some things. In the midst of all that funk and grit, soul and all that rock, all that beautiful, wonderful music, soulful music. They were still talking to you about something. So funk away. But uh, kind of can segue right into my next topic about, you know, how powerful music can be in terms of defining a legacy for the musician. And so you really think about it, how amazing it is that there are people that we are still aware of with great consciousness because of their musical contributions during their lifetime. So, I mean, that's in, and that's in any genre you can think of. That would be your, I mean, where do you want to start? I mean, that's the Miles Davises of the world. That's the, the, uh, the Aretha Franklins, the, the Big Mama Thorntons, the Buddy, Buddy guys, your Chuck Berries, your, you know, got a lot of those names. Um, and this is in no means an attempt to make an exhaustive list, but, you know, your Howlin' Wolves. I'm a Howlin' Wolf fan. Love some Howlin' Wolf. Um, but then you're also talking about your, in the, in the composition world, you, you know, William Grant Still. Um, your, you know, Beethoven's, Scott Joplin's, you know, Mozart's, you know, uh, Duke Ellington's, Thelonious Monk's, the, you know, there are people that we know, um, uh, Dorothy Ashby, um, wow, just, I mean, Patrice Russian is another one for me. Jimmy Jams and Terry Lewis is, you know what I mean? Like there's all these people that we know. Um, you know, we, we like we can name them because of musical contributions and how powerful that is. That something that to some people is just like, I don't understand it. But it's incredible that a creative, you know, something that people do creatively can be recognized as significant enough to be remembered by generations of people. That's pretty cool. That's one thing I like about music. You know, I sit and listen to that Funkadelic song. That's, uh, you know, my parents hadn't even met yet when that came out. So the amount of travel that one, that song has got, you know, in the, what was that, 36 years, 46 years that it's been around, 46 years, yeah. I mean, that's a long time ago. But then you think even further back, some songs have been around for hundreds of years. And some permutation, maybe even thousands of years. So, you know, through evolution and changing like the rhythm and cadence and melody and stuff, who knows, man? It's just musical is powerful like that. And I just think it's really cool. But that's pretty much all I'm trying to say about that. Anyway, let's play some more tunes. And we'll come back after the break. This is Mr. Kinetic on Buddy Speaks So Well. Uh. 
there was Smokestack Lightning by Howlin' Wolf, recorded in, in Chicago in January of 1956, as the legend has it. Just bouncing on that one chord, and that's Hubert Sumlin playing that guitar. He's credited with it anyway, and then, so that's pretty short. Hosea Lee Kennard on piano, Willie Johnson on guitar, and Willie Dixon on bass, and drummer Earl Phillips. Now, Willie Dixon, Willie Dixon is a legend. Willie Dixon is like a, he was a songwriter, musician, bass player. He is a, a legend of Chicago blues. Some of the some of the cuts you know about Willie Dixon would be Hoochie Coochie Man, Little Red Rooster, My Babe, Spoonful, all those chess records, classic records. Also a link to to uh, rock and roll as well. He worked with Bo Diddley and Chuck Berry. So, I mean, you talking about some? Woo, man, I love that record. I just. I listen to that on the way to work sometimes. It's just hard to not, hard to not feel that. But uh, Howlin' Wolf singing on that and playing that harmonica as well. Oh, I have harmonicas. I just don't, man, I'm really trying to learn how to play them. Um, there's a lot going on in that. There's some style in that. I'm trying to learn how to play harmonica and going to really try to get serious about playing guitar for once. I can play a little bit. Not, not too much chord work. I can bar some chords. I can play a little bit of slide and open D. But uh, other than that, I'm I'm pretty much no good on the guitar. Uh, been playing bass all these years and just never stopped playing bass long enough to play guitar and learn it. Um, chose to learn keys instead, but. Yeah, just really gonna try to work on those because man, I I would love to do some blues records. I think I'm gonna start playing some of those tunes in my sets though. I might come out to a blues record or something like that. I just love it. With a suit on, a little skinny tie. <laughs> Take it back on them. But anyway, that's pretty much all I got. I just wanted to play that song. Selfishly, I just wanted to play that. I just wanted that to be in the podcast. So hope you guys enjoyed all the music. Um, the first record, again, was Still Riding by yours truly. Um, that's a world premiere, premiere. <laughs> then uh, Funky Dollar Bill by Funkadelic. And Smokestack Lightning by Howlin' Wolf. And that's the show. So this is Mr. Kinetic. K-I-N-E-T-I-K. Thank you for checking me out one more time. Um, Buddy Speaks So Well, I really appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you share it with your friends, families, enemies, whatever, frenemies, all of that in between. Just share it with your people. Share it with folks. Hit a share button, copy and paste the link, and send it to somebody and tell them, hey, you should check this out. Really appreciate it. I love all of you. Thank you for tuning in. Until you hear from me next time, make sure you're out there being positive, productive, and peaceful. I love you. Signing off from Planet Love Tron. It's your boy, Mr. Kinetic, and I'm out.